Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Morale Booster with John Wood. And today I have with me another intelligent woman. Her name is Shirelle Gross. Uh, Shirelle has a, uh, a background in law and she has a practice. She has a coaching practice. And uh, her business name is Measure of Ambition LLC. So Shirelle, thank you for joining me on the program. And uh, my viewers will be so willing to hear from you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me, John. I'm looking forward to our discussion. Sure, my pleasure. Okay, so Shirelle, we have a lot of we have loaded questions for you. Very loaded <laughs> questions. So loaded. I, hope okay. I hope you're ready to answer. <laughs> yeah, the people have to get inspired. Okay, <laughs> and I know you can do that. Okay, thanks, John. Thank you for the confidence. Ah, <laughs> uh, sure, no problem at all. Uh, well, okay. First of all, can you please tell us who you are and what you do? Okay. Well, I'm a lawyer by trade, uh, but I recently left my corporate head of law position and I started my own coaching practice and leadership development firm called Measure of Ambition LLC. And I started that practice in October, 2019. And so in that practice, I essentially provide leadership development workshops. I do executive and life coaching. And in addition to that, I also help clients through speaking engagement, empower and engage um, their workforce. And so I'm excited to do it. I'm, it's a, been a, quite a journey. I'm learning a lot. And my goal really, you know, as my slogan uh, for my business, and as I have been described in previous news articles, is to say I'm dedicated to growth. So I'm right. dedicated to the growth of all individuals from all walks of life. That's awesome. That that was a brilliant presentation. Okay, Shira. great. Thank you. Yeah, I know. I know the women who are currently listening to this program will be a bit happy now because it seems I'm actually going towards their own direction. <laughs> the program seems to have been favoring women more than okay. the men because I've had more female professionals on board. Well, what can we say? What can we say? <laughs> it is what it is. You know, and I'm glad uh, powerful people like yourself mm -hmm. have actually decided to be part of this platform, mm -hmm. which, of course, is a platform for mentoring and coaching people. Okay. Good. Uh, once again, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Okay. Yeah. So um, for how long have you been in um, the legal practice, like mm -hmm. from after college? Well, I practiced law for 27 years, Whoa. actually, before I know. I don't look at, I know. Um, but I practiced law for 27 years prior to starting my firm. And I started my law practice, or actually I started my legal profession as a prosecutor in the Bronx. Right. And from there, I started doing misdemeanors. And then eventually when I left, I was doing felony cases. And then I went to a law firm. And in that law firm, I represented doctors and hospitals who were sued for malpractice. And then I entered my first corporate job, which was Quest Diagnostics. And in that position, I first came in litigation, doing litigation management. And then from there, I went on to counsel businesses and joint ventures. And then I um, went to Bayer, where I first had the law department for the diabetes care business, first for North America, then globally. And then prior to my departure, 
I was head of the law department for our global radiology business. And in that, we had a number of products from radiology device products to contrast media. And then, um, and then of course, I started my firm. So a total of 27 years. Wow. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a lot of experience you've <laughs> yes. acquired there. And I see you've worked for like those major pharmaceutical exactly. companies. That's, mm-hmm. that's another yeah. wealth of experience there. Yes. You know, so for those of you who are, you know, getting started in your legal career, you know, probably you could reach out to her for some coaching <laughs> in the future. <laughs> yes. You know, not a problem. So thanks for that, uh, mm-hmm. Sherelle. But how did you develop interest in law? What made you think of law initially? You know, I I know this sounds kind of corny, but I actually always wanted to be a lawyer since I was a little girl. And the reality is I really don't know why. I never had lawyers in my family. Um, I didn't grow up surrounded by attorneys. Right. There was just something about the attraction of law i guess god just placed it in my spirit and from there you know it's been my it's always been my my dream initially i wanted to be a defense attorney and then the law school i did a internship with the prosecutor's office and from there i said oh that's what i want to do um because really you know as a prosecutor you have the opportunity to to make significant decisions about justice that impacts people significantly so um, I chose the prosecutorial role, and you have a lot of chance to speak with victims, and at the same time, you can make the right decisions for the defendant, but um, I just always as a little girl, but it was always on the premise that I always wanted to help people. All right. All right. That's a good one, too. Mm-hmm. Well, so what about the work-life blend? You know, I've heard from Time Immemorial that it's, yeah. it's really challenging for people in the legal practice yeah. to have yeah. a work-life blend. Yeah. You know, that's so interesting. That's actually been getting a lot of attention lately. The idea of physicians and lawyers having a difficult time uh, balancing work and life. But, you know, when you think about it, I don't know if it's different than anyone else. Um, I think the stress of law and the stress of being a physician because you're servicing people and you are serving people primarily during very difficult and stressful times. And then you take that on. And I think that's whether you're doing public interest work or whether you're working in a corporation, you know, you're looked to as a decision maker and someone to help navigate people during difficult situations. And so that does bring on a lot of stress um, for lawyers and professionals. And I think for me, looking back, um, it's really having a balance of understanding where your role is and what your role is not. Um, But you have to do self-care. And it's really difficult to do that, particularly when you're also raising a family and you have community exactly. obligations. It's really hard, but you, you have to be very disciplined and taking care of yourself. I have had many times, I have two sons and I'm married and I've had plenty of times where I was under a lot of stress and I felt like I couldn't really, you know, like breathe. I couldn't handle everything that I had to handle it. I was on automatic pilot almost just trying to get through the day. Um, and I, I look back and I wish that um, when someone told me that it is really important to be disciplined in your self-care the same way you're disciplined with your work. Right. So Absolutely. exercising, meditating, uh, taking that time off for yourself, uh, taking a walk, 
having a good close friends that you can actually be vulnerable with, um, realizing that the world's not going to end if you don't do it. Actually, life goes on. That's um, it. You know, so a lot of things <laughs> that you can incorporate in your life to kind of give you a better balance. That's that's true. You know, you just said a key uh, point there. You just mentioned a key point there. Yeah. One thing is the work never ends. If it yes. ends, you know right. you've lost your job. Right. So right. if you feel you want to, if you feel you want to do everything, it's impossible. Right. So which means you have to decide to create time for yourself. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And you have to decide. Sometimes we get caught up in the work and we don't really think about, should I really be doing this? Yes. Because certain things don't add value or the value that they add is not significant enough to take on the responsibility of what you're doing. So it's really kind of figuring out on a regular basis. In my, in my LinkedIn posts and in my Instagram posts, I often talk about take 10. And in that, I really uh, encourage people to take 10 minutes a day where they're really thinking about their life right. and what it is that they're doing. And when you do that, it really does force you to say, is this value added? But also it really forces you to determine, is this what I want to do in general? Right. Um, and so taking that time, that's dedicated time for yourself just to think is going to be a valuable, valuable, valuable asset for you as you try to figure out how to balance your work, how to balance your life, and what are the things that you should be doing. That's correct. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for that. So during the course of your legal practice, mm -hmm. uh, did you have the opportunity to coach or mentor other legal uh, professionals? Oh, I, I mean, absolutely. And particularly when, as I got more senior and you have a team. And so when you have a team of people you're managing, that is your job. You have to mentor, you have to coach your team. It's really not about what your team can do for you to execute the, the business of the law department, but that's obviously a significant part of it. But as a manager, it's your job to coach and mentor your people for success. And so I've had the opportunity to do that plenty of times. And, and honestly, I, I pride myself at it because uh, I know that as I look back on my uh, employees, that I encourage them to be their best. And many of them did go on to do great things and they're doing great things now. And that is the consistent feedback that I often receive from my former employees is that they're really happy that I took the time to mentor and coach them. All right, right. Okay. So I guess my listeners out there are learning about uh, Shirelle. At least gradually you're getting to understand the wealth of experience that she has <laughs> gathered over time. So be you a corporate organization, an individual, you know, a private business, this is a powerful woman, <laughs> a woman who can actually inspire change, a woman who can get the job done. Yes. Am absolutely. I right, Cheryl? Oh, you are absolutely <laughs> correct. <laughs> I, I know that. I know that. <laughs> so the women will be smiling right now, but don't worry. I'll show you. I'll, I'll make sure there's a blend. Okay. <laughs> okay. So uh, could you please tell us what challenges you encountered from, you know, crossing over from being an employee to, mm -hmm. you know, starting your own practice? I mean, th there's so many challenges and, and, and I, I don't want to dissuade people. The word challenges is often negative. It's often a negative connotation. 
Um, but challenges can actually be good because if you don't have challenge, you don't grow and you don't stretch yourself. And so I think the challenges have been learning so many things in terms of running your business that starts with the infrastructure. What do you want the infrastructure to look like? You know, what systems do you want to use? You know, what employees do you need? It's just a basic um, infrastructure that you don't have to worry about when you are working for a company because that infrastructure is there and not overdoing it. Sometimes when you first start, you overdo it and you really don't need that because no one really cares. I mean, you know, you do things that people never look at it. They don't care. Um, And it's finding out that sweet spot in terms of what your potential clients really need from you. I think the second part is the discipline in your day um, because you have to craft your day in a way that you can get a lot done, but at the same time, leave time to do the administrative work, to do the business development. And so trying to have a schedule and stick into that schedule without an assistant that's sitting right next to you, that's prodding you from this place to that place, um, or a client that's coming to you for the information is it has also been, you know, quite quite a challenge and something I need to stay on top of. But I think the third part is, you know, trying to make because you love what you do, right. to not have the day just be one big long day from early morning all through night where you can just simply burn out. And um, and that's and that's a big challenge. I know that a lot of new entrepreneurs, particularly, they burn out because you're in this, you know, almost a, you put yourself in a grind sometimes unnecessarily in order to get things done and you end up burning out and then you end up not liking what you're doing when it really has nothing to do with what you're doing. It has more to do with the fact that you didn't create a proper pace for yourself. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. And uh, I've come across people who feel, you know, people who do not actually like the jobs they're currently um, doing Mm -hmm. and they know in their hearts that they want to become entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. but they're scared to make yes. that move. Yes. So what's your advice to people like that? Yes. Well, that's actually, you know, that's a great question as well. Um, I, I do a lot of speaking on fair and I do a lot of writing on fair and I can understand that because you're, you're leaving something that's pretty stable and you're going to something that seems unstable. And I think the biggest advice I can give is that you have to take the time to make sure that it is the right decision for you and that that is becoming more educated about what you want to do, getting the information about what you want to do. So before you jump out, really speak to people in an area that you're interested in so you can understand what it is. I think when you create sort of an action plan for yourself, and you speak to other people, you see that they've done it and they've been successful and they can tell you the challenges. And you say to yourself, if I were to experience that, what will happen? If I were to experience this, what would happen? So it's not only your response to that situation, but it's also your emotional response to that situation and say, I think I'll be fine. If that happens, I'll I'll be fine. And so I think it's preparing yourself emotionally, preparing yourself financially, because you don't want to swap misery. Right. Go from one miserable situation and then go to another miserable situation. And so, you know, I have a whole um, like sort of formula that I think about or I I write about and I talk about when it comes to fear. And it's really tackling other things around your life that actually keeps you in fear. 
And so whether it's, you know, not taking time to think, whether it's not having create, not, not having right boundaries for yourself and others, you know, whether it's not having a clean space that you can think and that you can, you know, come home and be relaxed in. So there's so many other things that I think create um, fear in a way that allows you not to manage it. Um, yeah. But after you manage your fear and understand what you are going to uh, to deal with, I think fear becomes a little less paralyzing for you, and then you can move on. That's correct. That's true. Uh, well, I like that. At, at yeah. least that would give people some hope. Because yeah. first of all, I, I tell people that if you are getting into any form of entrepreneurship, you have to be sure, just like you said, you yeah. wouldn't want to move from one uh, right. misery to another. Yes. You have to be sure that you have the finance. Yes. You have to be sure that you know it wouldn't it wouldn't affect your source of income. Yes, yes, yeah. Because as an entrepreneur, you're required to work like two four seven. There's yes. no, you know, don't feel you're living your nine to five to yes. go into and right. thing you can just control and not work. No, you yes. will work two four seven. Yes. So if you already have a job, because you are not sure of what you're getting into. Right. Nobody's advising you to quit your job. Yes, exactly. Yeah, just learn how to balance the time. Yes. So I say use your nine to five to finance your five to nine. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. So yeah. when you get off at five, right. from 5 p.m., you right. can sit on your business, work, but yeah. do not let go of what brings in income for you. Yeah. And until it, it, you're sure. Yeah, and I, don't, I think it depends on what you're doing. I mean, some things don't lend itself to do five to nine. Yes. And so you have to, as you said, make sure that you have created an action plan for yourself, which includes uh, a financial plan. And sometimes it's not going to be perfect. And I think waiting for perfection is also um, something that we do that is not, it's just not going to happen. You learn yes. a lot along the way. But um, but you have to decide what are you doing as an entrepreneur? Is it something you could do five to nine or is it something that requires you to be fully invested? Because sometimes a person cannot be successful. It's not that they don't have the, the talent or the skills. It's just that what they are doing requires more time than right. they're able to invest in it. And some things you can do five to nine. But yes. I think your point remains the same is that before you move, from sure. voluntarily from a job that is causing you providing financial stability to make sure that you understand what you're getting into and and be prepared for it because you're more likely going into a situation of financial instability at least for a certain period of time yeah. um, and there are things you can do to manage that you know you spend less and you realize you don't need a lot of things that you thought you needed yeah, uh, but so a period of uh, definitely for a certain period of time, you will be in financial instability. Right, that's where the scale of preference would come. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Thanks for that. Um, okay, so I would like to find. Okay, I want you to talk about your current practice, your coaching practice. So mm -hmm. I'm going to give you as much time as you want to oh, talk about it, what you do. Uh, what kind of coaching you do, uh, the people you work with. Yeah, so okay. 
Yeah, we're, we're waiting to hear from you. Tell oh, us about wow. your coaching practice. And okay, great. What, where the listeners can benefit from that. Well, my practice is very diverse, and, and that is what makes it very exciting. Um, I have people who are professionals or executives who are trying to get to the next level in their career where they are um, and or move outside of their organization to get to that next level. And, and so, you know, coaching them is more professional and executive coaching. And then I have people who are in pretty good positions and, um, and they really trying to figure out what they want to do outside of that. Some of them may want to be an entrepreneur. Some may want to actually engage in creative spaces. And so it's just how to embellish, you know, their life beyond what they're doing. Um, I, I do a lot of, um, so I have this thing with Maslow's self-actualization. He's a psychologist uh, from the 1940s. And um, he put out, uh, it's all called Maslow's Theory of Self-Actualization. Um, and what he basically talks about is that we all need to self-actualize. It's the high, I'm sorry, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is what it's called. Okay. And self-actualization is the highest need that we all have inside of us. And so when you're having that feeling that you're not comfortable and that you're upset because you want more, it really is an innate feeling that you have that's natural, that's telling you that you haven't self-actualized, you haven't done everything that you want to do. And so I talk to my clients and helping them understand that and helping them get to that point regardless of what it, what it is. Some decide to stay and go on a leadership track where they are. Some decide to go to another company. Some decide to leave. But regardless, it's actually helping them get to that full potential of what they want out of their life. And then I also do workshops for, for companies normally asking me to come in to do a workshop, primarily leadership development workshops, or sometimes it could be a workshop on um, taking care of yourself. It can be a workshop on authenticity, but it's usually a company asking me to come in to do a workshop um, to speak to a defined population of their group. And then I also have uh, speaking engagements where I come in and I speak to at an event um, about a topic that I normally work with um, the sponsor. Um, I, As I said, I do a lot of speaking on, on fear and on leadership, so it could be on that topic. And then I have another program that I launched actually not that long ago. It's dealing with, it's working with college students, but speaking to college students really about how they use the basic lessons of life and the questions of life, I should say, I call it. Yeah. And it's really the who, what, when, where, why, and how. And I use that to help them understand how they can get to the next level because college students often say, when I get into the real world, I'll do this. When I get into the real world, yeah. I'll do that. And I teach them that you are in the real world. And so yes. everything you do right now has a direct impact to what you will do and what you are calling and defining as the real world. Right. And then, so that's my professional piece. Um, but then I also do events um, that under my umbrella called Live in My Truth. And in those events, it's really helping women um, find that time where they can really do a self-exploration process to figure out what it is that they want out of their life. And it doesn't have to be a profession, a right. professionally based. It could be just what they want out of their life and how they can empower themselves to get that. And I do that through, you know, elegant lunches that I have that are small and intimate. 
Wow, so that's, that's pretty a, much. That's uh, yeah, that's pretty much uh, my my practice. Yeah, that, that's that's a huge portfolio there. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. So, do you work with um, people who are thinking of just get you know people who are just starting? You you work with startups? Yeah, I mean, I work with um, you know everyone comes with something, and so it really is everyone has a goal to get to from A to B. Right. And so as a coach, you're really helping people get from A to B, regardless of what that A to B is. You know, things that I don't specialize in are sort of relationship coaching or spiritual coaching. You know, I don't really do that. You know, most of my coaching really focuses on people trying to self-actualize in some form, whether it's trying to grow a business, start a business, whether it's trying to go in a different direction in their life. And so, yeah, I, I certainly will work with people who are just starting out um, in their career. Okay, that's or, it. Or in their, or their business. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what about like mindset coaching? Do you do mindset coaching for those people who have uh, limiting beliefs, who have yeah. uh, mental blocks, yeah. who feel, you know, they are at that point yes. where they cannot do anything meaningful. Right. Uh, well, you know, every coach does mindset coaching, right? It is the crux and it is the sweet spot of what we do. And, um, you know, any coach who doesn't do mindset or professional coach, I should say, who really doesn't focus on mindset coaching or have some part of their practice when they're engaging with the customer doing that, you know, they're really just talking to people about goals um, everybody who comes to you has a block. Um, and the biggest block generally is fear. And there are a lot of things that feed into fear, but everyone does mindset. Everyone has um, comes to you with limited beliefs. One of the things that I try to, I talk to the clients about, I help them understand that they often think they're unique in how they feel and they beat themselves up. And I say to them, you're actually not unique. You're a unique individual, yes, I'm not saying that, but what you're thinking and what you believe that you can or cannot do is actually very common. Yeah. Um, so it's less develop the right tools to begin to move you out of that, but also helping them understand that it's really all up to them at the end of the day yes. and that they are capable of doing it. It just takes some time um, and they need to just focus on making that something that's important to them that's awesome that's true what, yeah. what you said is 100 percent correct yes yes you know well i like that so um sherelle like i said initially you know this is yes. the platform i have come up with to yes. use you know in my own little way to inspire <laughs> change in the world right and uh, i'm glad professionals like yourself and some others you know, it's making things really work the way I, I planned it to work. Oh, good. Thank you. So, so what do you think about this platform generally? I mean, I think it's great. And, you know, we need more encouraging words and platforms out there because people are so stuck in the negative and what they can't do that hearing from others that you are able to do it is so needed. Um, but also hearing from others that it won't be easy but you still persevere and you will make it. You know, the only difference most of the time from people who actually succeed, from people who don't succeed is giving up. And so it's just, you know, make a decision 
that you're not going to give up. And so having platforms like this to remind people that you don't have to give up, that it will be difficult, but there's some beauty in the difficult you know, journey that you learn and you grow and you meet great people like I met you, right? I mean, I, I met you because I'm in this platform and you're in this platform. But right. if I was doing what I was doing before, I wouldn't have met you, right? Right. And so right. you meet, and so many people, more people than you think, want to help you. There are people who aren't going to help you. Don't focus and waste time on people who aren't going to help you. Right. We spend a lot of time focusing on those people, and then they end up convincing us not to do what is in our heart to do. So if you have that burning sensation, don't kill it. You know, don't throw water on the flame. Just try to figure out what it is that you want to do and come up with a plan through coaching, through other support to help you execute your plan. So platforms like this helps to remind people of that. So thank you for creating this. Oh, my pleasure. I really do appreciate the fact that, you know, you're one of those who see the importance of what we're doing. And I really do appreciate that. And um, I don't intend to quit anytime soon. (laughs) So I hope when next I call you, on the program, you will be more than willing to, you know, stop by briefly, just like you've done now. Yeah, no problem. I'm happy to support you in doing what it is that you want to do. All right, no problem. My pleasure. Thank you very much once again. And I look forward to having you on so many other episodes in the future. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. And thank you for having me. And everyone have a great day. All right. So okay. thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, be rest assured, we don't intend to stop anytime soon. We're going to be providing you with beautiful content, and it can only get better. Thank you, and have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye-bye.